Hello and welcome to JoJo's Bizarre Rewatch, episode 5.13, where all the powers are made up and the episode numbers don't really matter anymore. <laughs> I'm your host, Dustin, and with me today is Luke. It's a me, Hey, Jono. buddy. Yeah, what's up? Hey, you're, you're looking a little mossy today. Oh, no. Oh, no. I just need to... I just got... I can't get any lower. <laughs> I don't know. I... I, you know, you threw you threw that at me, and I was just not—I was just like not watching the ball. <laughs> Did not have a funny retort ready. <laughs> just kind of said the thing it does. And then, uh, coming at you straight from the underground, literally, we've got Ty. It's very moist down here, and the physics are weird. <laughs> Yeah, lots of no one really knows how your power works. It just kind of does. People get mad at my stand because I min maxed it. I just make it work on the why, ground. Why do you, yeah? Also, why do you keep eating mud? What's up with that? It's a little weird. Uh, also, Ben, uh, there were only two stand users. So you don't you don't get anything. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's definitely three stand users in this episode that are introduced. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be mean to Ben though. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. I like Ben. I don't want to compare him to that guy. You, you compared me and Ty to perverts and murderers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but they're entertaining at least. You compared me to a guy who like psychologically tortures old people into suicide. Uh, yeah, but he's not Polnareff. <laughs> yeah, that would be. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so let's go ahead and start with episode uh, twenty-nine, uh, which is "Get to the Roman Colosseum!" Exclamation point. I love these episode titles a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely am going to need to scrub through these to remember what the hell happened because, man, it's been a while. Uh, so we start with a like really wonderful image of Mista like running along with Narancia through the rocky area, you know, delicately holding the goodest boy Coco Jumbo yes. in his hands. The very good Coco Jumbo. Um, mean, meanwhile, in the Turtle Cave, Giorno and Bruno are doing some web sleuthing. Mm-hmm. They're just googling How those do... fingerprints that uh, Abakio left them. So, question: Yeah, does Mister President, which is Coco Jumbo, stand? Uh-huh, yeah. Does does it come with Wi-Fi? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, clearly it must. <laughs> A turtle has Wi-Fi in it. Also, did Wi-Fi exist at that point? Don't worry about it. I guess it's a stand, so you could just have Wi-Fi before it was actually invented. It's just a little weird, I'm saying. They're just u- they're just using the internet inside a turtle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And there's no wires. I was about to so say, would that I... make it better, though, if there was a wire going from the computer to the turtle? If this entire I, I time, ca- like, when they picked up at that water fountain, there was just a modem under that water fountain and the turtle was plugged into it? I, I, I honestly kind of would have liked it more if it, if it was revealed that uh, Coco Jumbo is wired up with Cat 5. Yeah. <laughs> but even yeah. if it was, like, that just raises more questions. I'm trying to recall 
I'm trying to recall what the wireless internet situation was like in 2001. <laughs> I feel like Wi-Fi Pro- existed, but like... It probably wasn't great, though. Yeah. Probably was expensive. And again, my concern is honestly much less how are they connecting the computer to Coco Jumbo's network, and more how is Coco Jumbo connected to the internet. What's Coco Jumbo's password? (laughs) Hey, bro, I need your Wi-Fi password. (laughs) It's Coco Large. Yeah. (laughs) It's a hero in the half shell. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. What ISP does Coco Jumbo subscribe to? Oh, man. That's That's a really good question. Yeah, yeah, it is. I don't have, I don't really have a clever answer for that. <laughs> I think, I think the most ironic one would be Sprint. Well, no, okay. Keep in mind, this is Italy, so it's got to be some. Uh, so, 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 La like, Sprinta. what was, what was the, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, what was the uh, internet? Uh, what was the internet like for Italy in two thousand one? Italian. Oh, hey Siri, what was the I- internet for Italy like in two thousand one? <laughs> Let's Largely see. turtle-based. <laughs> Residential internet providers in Italy. You've got AT&T, Windstream, Reach Broadband, Rise Broadband, Nextlink, uh, net, whose logo is Texas, so that's weird. <laughs> what? AMA Tectel. Here's uh, satellite internet. It must be one of these, right? Viasat. Oh, probably, yeah. Uh, Exceed or HughesNet. Probably Viasat. Yeah, probably. Coco Jumbo seems like a Viaset kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. We have so many episodes to get through. Oh, yeah. It's not like running a <laughs> What if we just talked about turtles for the rest of this episode? Uh, anyway, we get some, like, uh, actually really nice scenery on the opening scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so I can't... Okay, so, like, they talk about... So they, they like scan the image of the bust that uh, the fucking cop Bakio makes with his dying breath. Yeah, uh, Trish used Spice Girl to like make a mold, like to use it as a mold, and now they just have like a soft rubbery bust of his head. Yeah, which also, which on the one hand really clever, but on the other hand that's a little creepy. She's just sitting there, like, a, squeezing her stretching. evil dad's head like a stress ball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess suppose you could flavor it of, like, she's she's calming herself down by imagining all the things she is going to do to his face when she gets a hold of it. Right. Um, yeah, so they, they finally know his name is Diavolo. Well, they know uh, that because while they're doing internet searching, suddenly a voice calls out from their computer and says, No, you've already found him. I can help you f- defeat Diavolo. Oh, right. I forgot about that part. Also, it looks like, you know the the reboot screensaver? Uh-huh. It looks like that. Yeah. It's weird. It's like a weird <laughs> satellite or something. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a 90s show imagination of what the personification of the internet would look like. Yeah. Just talking to them. <laughs> the like, internet bow tie. No, I've I've been waiting forever for somebody to Google this face. 
Yeah, so I mean, I, I imagine just like they're using Coco Jumbo's installed Siri or something. <laughs> yeah, I guess they, they don't have a printer scanner that they must have just mashed this face onto. That, that <laughs> must mean, just maybe, be out of frame. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good question. How did how did they get the the face in there to scan? This is also the second laptop they've had because Jordo turned their last laptop into a fish. Oh yeah, and just threw it. And I still well, don't really what... know why. D- uh, yeah, just don't. Like, if you give Jorno an object, just expect it's not going to last very long. It's going to end up as some random creature yeah. at some point. Uh, if you give something to him, it, you better have a good warranty on it. Right, but they're going to cut the connection because they're worried that this mysterious stranger, who we've never met before, uh, must be working for Diavolo. But uh, he says king crimson's name and what it does and trish's like well okay anyone that like worked for him that found out his stand would get murdered so this must be a friend yeah and then the mysterious voice reveals that they know about the arrow yeah because and that it doesn't just awaken stand abilities right it has another secret purpose that can be used to defeat king crimson yeah, and they're and they're like, you know, come to Rome. It's your last and only hope. What do you think it is? What do you think the arrow's secret power is? Uh, so I kind of already got spoiled on this. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> well, never mind then. Yeah, <laughs> I just kind of, I just kind of happened to to get spoiled on it. Um, but Ty, do you know already? What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what hap- do you know what the secret power of the the arrow is? Ugh. Do you have any guesses or do you, or did you already get spoiled on it too? Like um isn't it a weird disease or is it something other than that? Well right, but he says like oh, but it doesn't just give you stands. It has another secret purpose that we could use to defeat King Crimson. And I'll tell you the secret when you I don't you know if I was spoiled on it or I just guessed it, but does it give you Okay. Stands? <laughs> I mean, that's a, as good a guess as any. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, my theory is that, uh, yeah, it will, it will basically level up your stand in a way that will, uh, I guess, do something about King Crimson's bullshit. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened with Kira in part in four. He got it. stabbed yeah. with the arrow again and got bites like the dust. Yeah. Oh, yeah, didn't Kira, like, literally no, have there was the actually arrow a lot of... to him? Yeah. Yeah, there was actually a lot of stand evolving happening in part four. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was Kira's thing, but also, like, that was the whole point of Echoes. Yeah, Koichi. Yeah, uh, the Steel Ball Run guy's stand evolves a lot, too. Nice. I, I I do appreciate that eventually Araki's like, what if I just made these Pokemon? Hell yeah! <laughs> They're already Persona, so why not? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Dopio decide is talking to Diavolo on an ice cream cone. Right, he steals an ice cream cone from a kid. Still very serious. A very uh, serious. Like show. a teen girl, and just mashes it into his face. Yeah, and Diavolo talks about how he hates that he's going to have to ask for help from Trash, but he's going to do it anyway because right. he's desperate. Yeah, because it's strange because uh, Bucciarati's gang should be in the depths of despair, but they seem determined. Like, they're going somewhere with purpose. They must have it's found almost like out. they're. It's almost like they're shonen protagonists. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, so Mista and Narancha are going off on their own in a speedboat, being like, oh wait, no, I forgot, they're Bruno and... I always forget when... I, I have a weird, uh, like, lack of object permanence when it comes to people who are currently inside Coco Jumbo. <laughs> I just think they aren't there. That's been, like, a thing for half of the show. It's, yeah, look. I don't know why, man. All right. I think it's really convenient they have an RPG, you know, status screen with them at all times. Yeah, they just have an airship. Yeah. Yeah. You can only have three party members for this mission. Right. Uh, oh yeah, and this is where we get the uh, point where the mysterious stranger talks about people coming down with a really horrible disease. Right, so he gives the history of the bow and arrow, which is that a meteor crashed in Greenland thousands of years ago. Uh, and while archaeologists were like uh, studying it, two of them who came in contact with the meteor suddenly became violently ill... And, like, their skin started to melt. And one of them, like, shot lightning. And it's because the meteor carried a, a disease from outer space that, if your body is strong enough, will give you a stand. And the, bo- the arrows were carved out of the meteorite thousands of years ago. I love that stands are fucking a space disease or yep. something. That's, <laughs> That's good. It's... You know, it's some real midichlorian shit, but I don't mind, really. Is that... Does does that imply that, like, Dio's vampirism is also caused by a space disease? Well, no, he's just a vampire. Unless the unless the stone yeah. masks were also carved from that meteorite. Yeah, that's true. Because it feels like both the stone mask and the stand arrow kind of serve similar purposes. Yeah, but think about, like, if... Because cars made the stone masks... So, if the masks were made out of the meteor, cars would have a stand. I mean, maybe maybe it just worked differently for, like, whatever the fuck cars and ACDC and Wham were. Because, like, mm. they weren't, like, normal human beings. Yeah, they were, like, pillar men. Yeah. And I guess his thing at the end kind of is stand-like when he can just turn his body into animals. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking that maybe maybe it came from like maybe it was like a different space meteor or like just because of the way that cars created the mask, it ended up working differently on Dio. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe. Like, it seems weird that there would be like two things that both give you weird ass superpowers that would be just completely different. Well, no, because also uh, uh, da- uh, Straits yeah. uses the stone mask and turns into a vampire like it's not just a dio thing yeah and also and uh zapelli's dad also did it like it's it's a consistent thing where his stands are unique for everybody i think they say in uh in phantom blood or maybe uh battle tendency that like the spikes on the mask stab into your brain at like pressure points to unlock the full potential of the human brain and that's how it works okay all right so it's just weird ass like mystical medicine it's, it's the you only use 10 percent of your brain shit and if you used okay, 100 yeah. percent, you'd be a vampire <laughs> that's uh, i mean that sounds like a good deal <laughs> i love jojo by the way i remember that <laughs> can't can't wait to can't wait to unlock 100 percent of my brain and then be able to shoot blood out of my eyes at laser beam yes yeah, space, your space power. river stingy eyes yeah 
Wait, he, he even calls them space ripper stingy eyes. Yeah. Aliens confirmed. Yep. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Oh, God, this computer guy is still talking. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how long he monologues for. Yeah, he tells the whole backstory of the bow and arrow, and you get, like, the Stardust Crusaders theme plays when you see silhouettes of all the... The part three guys. No, weird that he'd, like... Uh, maybe one of those cool fellows will show up. Weird that he'd just be talking about the Stardust Crusaders characters. It, I mean, it's not like he's connected to any of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, we saw we saw Jotaro, like, at the beginning. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like he's done anything so far. Like, Koichi just said, Yeah, I found, I found Dio's, like son but don't worry about it he's cool and jojo was like all right cool I'll fuck yeah it's then. not it's not like any of the stardust crusaders both survived that series and moved to europe afterwards yeah it's not like stand users are like magnetically attracted to each other <laughs> and geo and giovanni won't encounter other people Come on, Jotaro, do your goddamn job. I love job. that we've been watching this show for months, and you still don't know the name of the protagonist. Giorno. There you go. Did I say Giovanni? Yes. He's okay. not the final boss po- of Pokemon. I was still thinking Pokemon, I'm sorry. Look, the trailer came out, and I'm very excited. Um. Anyway, we cut to... Once the computer man is done talking, we cut to a scene of a dude peeing in a post box. That is true, yes. And, like, his friend is trying to get him to stop, but then he pees in a different post box. Yeah. And, yeah, and the... then, like... Go ahead. Yeah, and then, like, the the dude gets stuck to, like, the post box that he's... Well, he refuses to let go of the post box. Right. And then his friend rips him away. And then uh, in typical Iraqi body horror fashion, uh, his right arm and right leg stay behind. Yeah. Uh, and. Oh, no. Well, actually, apparently his entire lower torso yeah. is uh, removed. And, like, he's just. His lower parts are just covered in a green mold. And his yeah. friend that was trying to pull him away freaks out and tries to run away, but then he gets covered in green mold. Yeah, specifically, he tries to run away by, like, jumping uh, over the um, railing of the stairs. Yeah. And, like, jumping down. As soon as he hits the ground, like, his ty- entire leg gets covered in the weird mold Ugh. and just, he crumbles. Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> so, no. the the crime boys realize they're in the middle of a stand battle. Mr. like, reaches for his gun that he's got in, like, a boot holster, and suddenly his hand starts getting moldy. Mm-hmm. And then we meet fucking Hisoka from Hunter x Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, we get to see our two new friends for the next couple episodes, Seko and Chocolata. Yeah. Okay. I don't like either of them. <laughs> Alright, please do not say Hunter x Hunter. That ne- Saying X never works. Never Hunter cross Hunter. I apologize. <laughs> God. I think, I, I, isn't that show just called Hunter Hunter? It's called Probably. Hunter Hunter. The X is they silent, a, Dustin. They put an X there, but I'm going to say it anyway, partly because it annoys Ben so much. Yeah, I mean, honestly. <laughs> uh, Hunter's Hunter. Look, if you're going to put an X there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we meet the 
clown, evil clown boy and Voldo from yeah. Soul Calibur. Right. Uh, so we get Chocolata's backstory where he's a doctor who just loves cutting people up a lot. Yeah, he gets fired for malpractice, but what people didn't know is it wasn't malpractice. He dedicated his entire career to just fucking with people. He was like a nurse in a nursing home and would just like give the old people random drugs just to see what would happen and then would like like psychologically torture them into committing suicide, which is a bad thing to do to anybody. Yeah, there's literally a scene where he tells a dude, no one is going to ever come to visit you. Yeah. And then, like, he, like, takes videos of all the suicides because he likes to watch them because he's a pervert. And, uh, then he decides to become a doctor so that he can just, uh, diagnose people with diseases they don't have as an excuse to do surgeries on them they don't need. And, uh, turn off the anesthesia partway through so they wake up during it and he can videotape their faces while he cuts their torsos open yeah like (laughs) i know we just recently talked about dio and the pillar men yeah but i think you could make the argument that chocolata is the most evil antagonist he is definitely in the running yeah because like dio is super evil but also he does a lot of what he does because he just wants to get more power and he's not specifically dedicated to fucking over everybody in the universe. Right, he doesn't want to make people suffer. He just wants to make people, like, his. Yeah, like, he just wants to be God, basically. Yeah. Uh, and if he has to... Which if is he still has, bad, has to, to like, be clear. Kill a dude. Yeah. But, like, this dude isn't doing this for any sort of, like, power or control or anything. He just likes to see people suffer and die yeah he's he's no it's, good uh and then seko no. is one of the people that he tortured but he was into it so now they're friends yeah vibe. like i said he's voldo yeah he's he's mud voldo he's muddy voldo his stand is just a suit that like a, a bodysuit that he wears yeah it's <laughs> like uh yeah that gosh you're right he's basically like white album but way oh, yeah. creepier yeah, he's he's a no good white album. White album is my favorite boy. This yeah. one, not so much of a good boy. <laughs> uh, white album did have a very charming dorkiness about him. Uh, I love Yacha so much. <laughs> he might be my favorite like bad guy of the week in the whole series. Um, but yeah, like. Chocolata is so bad that even Diavolo thinks he sucks. Right, yeah. He's just like, oh man. Which is really saying something. Right. And I, I don't remember the exact order of the things that are happening here, but you know, he's got Dopio headed to catch up with them. He's like, listen, Chocolata is bad news. I He will probably kill Giorno for us, but you need to be there to take control of the situation because he will <laughs> really ruin everything. Yeah. It, I, I actually really like this effect because while... Dopio is talking with Diavolo on the plane. He sees King Crimson's face in like the reflection of the plane window. Yeah, it's yeah. It's pretty clever. He's like talking to him on like a toy phone that he borrowed from a little girl sitting next to him. <laughs> Even my dogs As are upset by Joe Colossus. He is poisonous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Just. 
Just yeah, the worst. and then uh, and then Diavolo gives Dopio a pep talk and says, "Remember, you're number one." Yeah, my dear, sweet, precious <laughs> Dopio. My precious dumbass child. <laughs> Uh, but back on the dock, yeah, Mista's hand is covered in mold, and he doesn't understand why. They realize they need to retreat, so Mista, or, uh, Naranja, like, goes to jump into the boat to get away, and his whole body Bad just times. gets covered in the mold. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, Mista starts to figure it out, because he realizes that Naranja got moldy when he jumped down into the boat, his hand got moldy when he reached down to pull his gun... It's just to figure out that the mold attacks you when you move downwards. Has Mista secretly become one of the smartest characters on this show? Mista's always been like the like the most intuitive yeah. smart guy, like fight wise. I, yeah, I guess the only exception was during the Narancha focused episode where Mista was like, "What's well, right. wrong with you, Narancha? You keep giving us the wrong information." No, no, Mist. Let's let's be clear. Mista is a dipshit, but he's very smart when it comes to yeah. stand battles. Okay, yeah, like, when I he's guess that craft was work, He just kind of figures everything out super fast. Uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Mista's great. Love him. <laughs> Although I do have to, this episode actually raises a really troubling what? question about Mista for me. What, yeah? What is his hat made out of? What do you mean? Well, I thought it was like a helmet. It's like cloth, right? What's that? Right? I mean, it's clearly cloth. Oh. It's obviously, it's definitely cloth. Okay. It's clearly cloth. All right. I, I guess, thought that was obvious. I guess I'm the idiot then. I thought he had like some weird helmet and then it's like flapping in the wind in one shot this episode and my whole worldview came apart. I mean, it's always been flappy. I, I guess I just hadn't noticed. <laughs> this is this is. <laughs> oh god, I forgot. I forgot the scene where like Trish gets the mold on her. Like yeah. gas literally starts spewing from her thigh. That's yeah. really uncomfortable. It's not good. Yeah, the gas like infects Mister President <laughs> from outside. And uh, Bucciarati says maybe the stupidest line <laughs> in any episode of this show ever, which is. This is a stand. Why would it work yeah. this way? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> like, buddy! Have any of these followed any kind of rules? <laughs> like, every stand has bizarre, hyper-specific rules that you have to deal with. Yeah. Mm. Like, is it any less weird than the mirror world? <laughs> right? Oh, Which was an entirely alternate dimension. Uh, anyway, so Giorno uses his knowledge of random bugs, which, I mean, Giorno especially is creating life forms, so I guess that makes sense that he'd be a yeah. friggin' biology nerd. Uh, what was I going to say? Did he, does he, was he just a biology nerd before he got his stand, or was he just, because he got his stand, he's like, well, I guess I better read about crickets. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, clearly he knows more about bread snakes than I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he's like, wait, I remember this. There's a particular type of mold that inhabits bugs. When that bug moves to a lower location, it propagates inside it and kills it. Uh, hold on, let me try and say this name. Entomopa- uh, entomopathogenic fungus and caterpillar fungus. They're, this is very similar to that, which is 
how you know what Wikipedia page Iraqi was reading when he made this particular arc. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he finds it, he basically figures out that, uh, the way this mold is spreading, um, as people get killed by it, the mold infects other people, and as those people retreat, it infects them and starts to move even further. So they are at risk of having all of Rome just, uh, annihilated by this fungus. This is a real bad stand. It's a real bad time. (laughs) Yeah, I I, mean, I think I saw some speculation that uh, initially this was going to be... Because uh, remember how Luke uh, mentioned that uh, initially Fugo was going to betray the party? Uh, and I can't remember who, but so, someone brought up the point that um, in the like uh, forum thread on this about JoJo's that... Uh, this this stand seems to work fairly similarly to Fugo's stand in terms of like it being an almost uncontrollable like poison sort of thing. Uh, so there's a theory that this was initially going to be where Fugu uh, Fugo showed up to betray the party like uh, directly, and then when Araki uh, eventually decided against it, he replaced him with Chocolata. Which I can kind of see that being the case. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, because... Uh, he still wants to do the poison Yeah, fight. because, like, Purple Haze with maximum deadliness uh, would be basically the, the kind of thing only a psychopath... A, only a complete psychopath would wield. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, the thing about Fugo is that Fugo was never that psycho. Yeah, yeah, he'd have to go real deep to actually use it against... Uh, the Roman population. Um, also, it it is definitely a very limited stand he has because it's literally only good for killing people. <laughs> yeah. Like, the other stands you could use for other stuff. Uh, I mean, like, even Naranja's stand, which is just a plane with guns on it. Like, you can use that for scouting. Even the bullet gremlins can be used for mul- are multi-purpose. They don't yeah. have to kill Something people. Something into the... Fugo stand can only kill things. Yeah, those uh, those bullets also are good for company. <laughs> you can send them to help people, like he does later. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll play Mario Party with you. Yeah, they're they like you can't get your friends together for a D and D session. Bring out sex pistols. They are adorable. They are adorable. They're real good. I I honestly think. I honestly think Sex Pistols are probably like my third or fourth favorite character. <laughs> That's including all the actual people. They are good. The most personality of the stand. Um, and speaking of them, uh, uh, Mista uses Sex Pistols yeah. to explode the the what is it fuel tank and knock Naracha on the shore. And yeah, I love this bit of JoJo physics. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes. So yeah, like starting up the uh, episode thirty, um, which is titled "Green Tea and Sanctuary Part One," which, all right, so <laughs> a mold mold guy stand is actually Green Day. Uh, Sanctuary is Oasis, which is kind of a lateral move there. 
Um, and honestly, would have made more sense if like it was named Wonderwall rather than Oasis. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like, very first thing that opens episode 30, Mista fires some bullets into the gas tank of the boat, and the explosion flips him and Coco Jumbo out out of the boat. And we get this great shot of, like, Bruno's arm just, like, coming out of Coco Jumbo. <laughs> yes, I really remember seeing this beginning of this episode and being like, this is a this is an episode you should give somebody that has no idea what JoJo is, and just in the first one minute, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. He used his spirit bullets to explode the, the boat. Why? Because his friends are in that turtle. Why? Because <laughs> they're trying to keep. This guy has mold yeah. powers, and they can't be low to the ground. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Why'd that man come out of a turtle? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Turtles, uh, the turtles, uh, the turtles in Airbnb. Uh, so we get this scene with uh, Chocolata and Seko interacting, where Seko is filming the whole thing, and he gets a picture of like despair on Naranja's face, and Chocolata is very happy about this and starts getting all PDA with Seko, and I don't like it. Some nice head rubs. Rub, 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 okay. rub. Yeah, a lot of, lot of head rubs. Um, <laughs> also, Chocolata has this weird inner monologue about how the more curious someone is, the stronger they become mentally. <laughs> Humans are far more curious than any other creature, and that's why they evolved. <laughs> Which... He, I guess, somehow ties into his desire to watch people die. Somehow. And then he throws Seko a sugar cube. He loves I do it. not like the PDA that's going on here. <laughs> you know, yeah, nothing wrong with PDA. It's just that the relationship between these two guys is creepy as hell. Yeah, it's not great. I, I didn't know everyone was so sex negative. Yeah, it's it's just just some just some no. casual pep play. If it was just, yeah, no, that's the thing. If it was just like you know, if it was if it was just being sexy, that's one thing. But no, this is just like a whole new level of creepy. It's just yeah, some I mean, fun when, casual pep play. See, the I mean, thing to do is consent. If you want to film yeah. people dying horror, horror, you gotta get their permission first. Yeah, I'd say the, I'd say the the main problem is that the uh, the catalyst for their relationship is snuff films. Well, listen, you know, no one's perfect. <laughs> there are good people on both sides. <laughs> different um, strokes for different folks, as it were. Yeah. Sometimes those are strokes are hiding underground watching people. Yeah. So uh, then uh, they talk about. Like how um, we cut to Mister and Bruno talking about like how oh if the range of the stand is extended by people just dying, we're in trouble. Yeah. Right, because everyone uh, that dies, be like the mold they grow spreads more spores for more mold to grow. Yeah, and so they're they're keeping Narancha inside Coco Jumbo to kind of like keep him quarantined. Uh, meanwhile, uh. Bruno heads out with Mista to try and get a car. 
Yes. And it's, you know, luckily they found a place that, you know, they're at sea level and they need to go uphill to get to Rome. Honestly, this is all just going to go fine. There's no problems they could possibly have. Yeah, there's not going to be any sudden, uh, really any sudden dumb, interruptions. Clearly, uh, Chocolata and Seco are not very good at this because they picked the worst place to start attacking at the lowest point. <clears throat> anyway, then they fall into the ground. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> this is where we find out what Oasis does. Yeah, because it turns out like they're, they're climbing the staircase to get to the parking lot, and then the whole staircase starts to sink into the earth because Oasis can... Well, okay. That was a sentence that I was not ready to actually be able to finish. Yeah, so Oasis can, like, make the ground soft. Yeah, it can, like... But not exactly, because, like, Mr. tries to shoot at the ground and his bullets ricochet off of it. It's like, it can make the ground behave like a liquid or a solid on an individual basis for each object. So, like, yeah. if it wants, it can make Bucciarati and Mr. sink into the ground like it's made out of liquid, but then it's hard like rock for the bullets. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's very... as. He's an earthbender, basically. Yes, he's an earthbender. Bodysuit or earthbender. <laughs> Voldo the earthbender. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so like... Bucarati... Uh, Bucarati, uh, whatever. Fucking it's, Bruno. It's been so many episodes, Dustin. Bruno starts sinking into the ground. The Sex Pistols. <laughs> Listen, just just think of your friends, the Sex Pistols, when they're like, Bucciarati, no! Bucciarati! Poor Sex Pistols. I love them. <laughs> Every time the Sex Pistols come out, they get more and more anxiety-filled. Yeah. <laughs> really, the Sex Pistols are the audience surrogate <laughs> in this show. Oh, no! Every time the Sex Pistols all... are like, oh, no! I'm like, oh, no! He is in trouble. Yeah. Oh no, Mister! I agree, Mister. How are you going to get out of this predicament, which is clearly way worse than you being shot in the head multiple times before? <laughs> yeah, so they have to they have to escape um, the Oasis power to try and get into the car. Uh, but first they're going to try and find, lure the stand user out, uh, yeah. which Mista manages to do and tries to shoot at him. But then like as usual for Mista these days, yeah, the bullets get deflected into his body. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh... So the good news is you get a gun stand. Sweet. Bad news is you will get shot more than anybody. <laughs> yeah, you get shot a lot. <laughs> yeah. Bad news is bullets don't work very well against most stand users. But then he's like, oh, no problem. I can use my stand to redirect the bullets again and ricochet them back around to hit you. Haha. Bullet chest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. It's Bad bullet news. chest he grandmaster. Bad news, he can go underground. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Uh, and then Bruno just decides to fucking, like, jump off the railing. 
Yeah, which is... Wait, what? But, Bucciarati, if you go down, then you're gonna get moldy. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't get yeah, moldy. Yeah, so... Yeah, so then an interesting thing happens. So, like... The... Uh... uh Seko comes out of the wall and tries to attack um, Bruno as he's falling down. Bruno then says... Oh, you you clearly don't know where we are right now, do you? And right. starts punching a whole punching him a whole bunch. Um yeah. Seko retreats. Well, you can't jump over uh Bucciarati having gotten his like cool punch chant now because he goes, Ari 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 Riverci and it's very oh, good. <laughs> right, right, I forgot about that. It was pretty good. Every <laughs> time they say Italian, it's very good to my ears. Yeah. So, like, Seko retreats back into his, like, ground tunnel. Yeah. Um, And then he thinks about what Bruno just said to him about, like, where he is. Yeah. And he starts talking about the no- notorious big. I'm like, oh, shit, are they going to bring that stand back? That'd be kind of cool if, like, Bruno lures him into its range. No, it never comes up again. Well, no, he brought it up because that's the stand of a dead guy, and he wants to know if Green Day would affect it. Well, yeah. And Chocolata just like I, I don't know. Green Day affects every living thing. I guess Notorious B.I.G. is kind of a weird edge case. Huh? Does it matter? Go fight the guys yeah. we're fighting, please. Now, Chocolata, what would it do against mushrooms? How does it feel about viruses? <laughs> <laughs> By what definition uh, of living are we going? <laughs> right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Seko just is like, I don't know what's going on. Bucciarati's not affected by the algae. It's bad. Yeah, it's it's a mystery. What's going on with Bruno? What could be happening? And also earlier... Unfortunately, unfortunately it's not the guess that I made before, which I think would have been a cooler... (laughs) What was your guess? But... Well, my guess was that he literally unzipped his body to put his soul back into it. <laughs> Which is what I said back when, like, we first got indications that there was something weird going on with Bruno. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. It does not end up being that, but we'll get to that eventually. I really thought, until now, because I did not remember this plot point, uh, I thought that all the stuff before where he was getting cut and wasn't bleeding was just... Spice Girl making his body soft so that, like, it wasn't actually cutting him. It was just kind of, like, things were just cutting through his skin without actually, like, wounding him. Oh, and Trish okay. was, like, doing it subconsciously to protect him. That would have been kind of neat. Yeah. But no, that's, nope. that's not it either. <laughs> right, because they get the car and uh, Jorno's in the passenger seat. Mister decides to take a nap. Yeah, he's or actually, Jordan's just like I mean, Mister. Please go to sleep, and he's like immediately. Right, Mister's like you got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mister has probably been up for like a long time. Yeah, to be that's fair. fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they're driving along, and Jorno see. Or no, I guess Jorno's in the back. But uh, yeah, Jorno's sitting with Mister. He sees that Rutrati's missing like half of his hand and hasn't commented on it. Yeah. You okay, bro? He's like, hey, you okay, you okay man? Buddy? Buddy, you, how, how you doing? And Bruno doesn't answer him. Mm-hmm. And eventually he shakes him out of him. He's like, oh, oh, hey, were you talking to me? Oh. And he sees his hand. He's like, oh, dang. Oh, nuts. And uh, we find out that he died when uh, he fought King Crimson. 
but gold experience filled him with so much life energy that he's managed to continue to ambulate for a while. Yeah, which, hey, remember when that was a thing back in, like, the first, back in, like, the second and third episode and then never brought up again? Wait, what? Oh, when he made just his senses go berserk? (laughs) Yeah, back when he, yeah, back in episodes two and three, during his fight with Bruno, like, one of the things that made Gold Experience so good is that it filled them with life. Oh, yeah. So hard that their senses got, like, rapidly more sensitive, which, like, made them experience everything in a lot more detail, which includes, like, time. So, not only did they have a sharper experience, but also they experienced things for longer. Yeah, it's a shame that didn't become his main thing that he fought with, because it's a cool, like, inversion of how the world works. Yeah. And because he makes someone else experience stop time, but they can't do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. So, like... It kind—I guess it's kind of an extension of that power, but it's weird that like that part of Gold Experience only ever showed up during like Bruno specific segments. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of the same. It's—it's it's the same as anything he does because he just fills an object with life energy. Where like you know, it, because Bruno was alive and healthy that time, it like made him go into you know overdrive. In this case, he put it into a dead body and made it kind of act like it was alive for a while. I guess, yeah, I mean... Sometimes he puts it into a tree to make it age to death. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess. Master of life and death. Listen, if if you can say that it involves the word life, gold experience can do it. Yeah, good to know that he's a necromancer, Mm -hmm. though. He's he's a little bit of a necromancer. (laughs) Some lich adjacent. But, Uh, I mean... Bruno's literally a zombie at this point. He made him into a zombie. Pretty much, he yeah. Just, he can just think. But it's not permanent. <laughs> it seems like he is slowly deteriorating. Yeah. Uh, then we get a fun sequence of uh, people falling out of a helicopter with mold in them. Yeah. Also, yeah, I want to go back to the... Go- actually, yeah, go back to the thing that Trish was saying. He's like, does Bruno seem, like, colder to you? <laughs> and Naranch is like... Yeah, hey, Bruno's kind of a dick, huh? <laughs> Naranch is like, shut up. <laughs> Oh, I'm dying. Oh, oh yeah, back when she was like, he didn't even ask about how Narancha was doing. Right. And Narancha's, Narancha's just laying on the couch, mostly out of it. He's like, listen, it sounds like you want to bone Bucciarati. I don't really, I'm very tired. I don't want to have this conversation right now. Also, maybe a little difficult no, now knowing what's going on with Bruno for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no blood or anything, so that's going to be a problem. I guess that's true. We need an assist from Giorno, definitely. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Punch that dick, fill it with life. Make just your penis go berserk. (laughs) (laughs) Just realize that might not be a great combo with a thing that makes things soft and rubbery. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a problem for Trish in life. This is a weird conversation, um, I don't care for it. Sure is. Anyway, moving on. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Moldy people falling yeah, so out of Bruno a helicopter. Notices... Yes. Yeah, Bruno notices people getting infected and running to safety, except they're all running downhill. Uh, yeah. So, like, well, shit, this entire town is about to get wiped out. There's, like, a little um, girl who gets moldy, and her dad's like, don't worry, hon, I'll go get the doctor, and runs downhill to save him, save her, and then, and then dies. straight disintegrates, yeah. Yeah, just, the, the spores are just, like, fanning out from this helicopter... And Giorno kind of intuits, like, wait a second. Okay, hold on. 
stands are like subconscious elements of your personality. If this guy's stand is capable of murdering this many people indiscriminately, this is the worst person ever. Yeah. But also, like, what, subco- what aspect of Bruno's personality is zippers? Uh, his determination to get through Uncover even the, the most... Truth? No, yeah, he's, he's breaking through even the most uh, impregnable barriers. Alright, yeah, just he like... He opens up zipper. his own pathway through destiny or whatever the fuck, you know? <laughs> Alright, I'll, I'll take it, sure. Yeah, it's like Purple Haze is Fugo's, like, anger management problems. Uh, Mista... What's Mista's bullet gremlins? Uh... Need to be loved by other people? He just lo- he's, he's just his sons. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a father. All, all Mista wants to do is eat delicious Italian food and shoot things, and the bullet gremlins <laughs> yes. represent and that perfectly. Now I'm a father to seven beautiful bullet sh- children. <laughs> yeah, and that's oh. why, like, a Bakio stand lets him investigate stuff, because he's, you know, a cop. Yeah, that's that's fair. Abakio is actually the most straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, Naranja's thing is that he has a weird, like, complex about his eye and his stand lets him see things. Like, there's a reason that his radar goes over the eye that got infected when he was a kid. God, you're right. (laughs) I hate that you're right about all this bullshit. I mean, I I love it personally. (laughs) Listen, JoJo's is stupid, but it's, it's not that stupid. There's some thought put into it. I do, I do love the scene where Mista's trying to shoot at the helicopter, but the bullets can't reach, and so Jorno's like, yes! "Hold up, let me lovingly, let me lovingly fire this gun yeah, with you." This rules. Anytime so two anime characters put their hands over one another to control a machine, it's good. Yeah, and usually yeah, it's, it's like a mecha cockpit, but in this case, it's just a revolver. Yeah, and so like, uh. Mrs. like, no, they they fell short. And Journal's like, no, they hit exactly where they were supposed to. Right. Because I filled those bullets with life, and now they're tree branches. Yeah, they, like, hit a tower next to the helicopter, and then a tree grows out of the tower and wraps around the helicopter. And Journal's like, come on, man. We I did made this, your like, bullets cannabis. into an ant. <laughs> this is not my first time I've turned your bullets into stuff. I love how there's no sense of, like conservation of mass with gold experience like yeah i can turn oh. one bullet into a whole tree why not yeah no this the giorno would not do well in full metal alchemist yeah yeah <laughs> you'd be like what do you mean i can't turn a coin into a whale <laughs> <laughs> that's bullshit you should turn way more things into whales and just drop them on people yeah, yeah just drop a whale on a dude <laughs> Just fucking turn a bunch of, like, pocket change into rhinoceroses. <laughs> what are they going to do against, like, 50 rhinoceri? Right. Maybe it's, like, making bigger things, like, exhausts him more. Maybe. So, like, he can only do it sometimes. Does he ever get exhausted, though? No, but that's because he's smart. He's Dio's boy, so he knows how to manage his own, like, energy levels. I, I mean... I don't recall Stan's ever causing exhaustion, though. I f- yeah, remember, like, uh, Jotaro in part four can't use, like, the time stop that much, because it exhausts oh, him. Oh, right, yeah, he could, yeah, as he uses it more, oh, he also mentions it in Stone Ocean, where if he, the more he uses it, the, the shorter amount of time he can stop. Yeah, yeah. Because he gets tired. 
Right, I forgot about that. I think that's the only time it ever comes up, though. I feel like it comes up other times, but that's the only example I can think of. (laughs) But, uh... So, yeah, yeah. they they stop the helicopter, and then we move on to... Oh, wait, no, that's when Seko shows up to interrupt the party again. Right, so, yeah, the episode ends with them splitting up. Bucciarati's gonna take out Seko while Mista and Giorno take care of uh, Chocolata. Which is an interesting... Well, I guess in some sense, I guess it does kind of make sense because, like, I was about to say, I mean, just make the dead guy fight the fight the one dude whose power is only effective against the living. Yeah, that but is true. But on the other hand, Seko has powers that literally make you go deeper into yeah. the ground, whereas they're going up into a helicopter. So at at the time, it it did it does make sense actually. Yeah. And I guess really, he doesn't use the mold to fight them when they go to deal with him. Yeah, not really. He's, because he he's got uses, a way like, nuttier plan. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Oh, Jesus. This is some of the biggest ass-pull stuff that this show's had in a while. Yeah, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> what even is this? Beautiful is what it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh so where do we start this after the recap? Uh, so um, it's it's Seko and Bucciarati, like, staring each other down. Yeah, Seko's trying to think of the right word. It's like, how dare you do something so cleaver? Oh, so, wait, something so lever. And something Bucciarati's so like, beaver. You mean clever? What are you, an English teacher? Leave <coughs> me alone! And then he kicks him in the face. Yeah. And as and as usual, a character remarks upon the villain's power and speed. Yeah, he's got a lot of those. And you see, he's got even more speed than you'd think because he can bounce his arms off of the <laughs> ground to make. You know, like a wrestler does, as you've seen wrestlers all the time. <laughs> yeah, like a. Hey, I, hey, Araki! When wrestlers bounce themselves off the ropes they're not actually like using them for more power and speed like if you hit something and bounce off of it you lose momentum oh wait actually he he says a boxer uses the ring ropes yeah like like he's slamming his elbows into it like a like a ring rope to uh Mm -hmm. recoil and hit him but no that's again that doesn't make sense either (laughs) the thing you hit absorbs some of the momentum and you bounce off with less momentum yeah, like, boxers aren't... They're not, like, loading their fists into a slingshot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> also, if you're against the ropes as a boxer, you're probably the one who's most in trouble. Okay, wait, okay. Let's... I'm trying to figure this out. Let's say Bucciarati's explanation is wrong because he's dumb. But what if... Okay, you know the guy that showed up near the end of the last season of My Hero Academia who can, like, uh, like no clip through the ground yeah. and then become solid again and it kind of like pops him out with a bunch of momentum maybe it's like oh. that where he like dips his hand into the ground and then makes it solid and it forces his hand out at high speed oh so you're saying his secondary power is bethesda physics <laughs> yeah exactly all right yeah this has got some skyrim no skyrim, skyrim environment clipping going on yeah so he clearly almost literally has bucciarati mm-hmm. on the ropes and uh Bucciarati has to zip away part of the platform he's on to, like, fall backwards and avoid it. Which just confirms that he's immune to Green Day. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, Seko's like, well, that's weird. Uh, and then we move on to Jorno uh, and for what Mista. you see, simple fun. Yeah, who get to the top of the tower. Yeah, what, what, listen, his power only works when you go down. He's above us. Yeah. This is going to be easy. Yeah. Well, we basically won already. So, yeah. Mr. <laughs> shoots five yeah. of the six. Your life force energy is no match for my green day. <laughs> I'm Mr. sorry, green tea. Yes, green Please tea. don't hurt us, copyright lawyers. <laughs> so, Mr. shoots five of the sex pistols up to the helicopter to take him out. But he's all of a sudden missing. He's not there. Where could he be? It's a mystery. What happened to him? Yeah, and then we get, like, the Velociraptor scene from Jurassic Park, but featuring, like, Chocolata taking out the sex pistols. Yeah. This is always, yeah. as soon all as the sudden, sex they... pistols were introduced, this was my fear. <laughs> they're so tiny! <laughs> yeah. Like, they're good for shooting they're somebody, so small but, and like, vulnerable. once they get over there, you can fuck them up pretty easily. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean they don't really have powers. They don't. Their powers aren't that fancy. Like if they don't have the bullets, like right. they can't do a whole lot. Yeah, really, all they can do is kick bullets. <laughs> yeah, and also ride said bullets. Yeah. So yeah, so we immediately see two of them get sliced up. Yeah. There and there's no apparent explanation for where these attacks are coming from. Yeah, and so, of course, because uh, even though the bol- the sex missiles are kind of a remote stand, they're not remote enough. Uh, yeah. So, Mista does have some of that damage come back to him, and he just starts bleeding all over the place. Yeah, just holes open up all over his body, and blood starts just squirting out. Yeah, like a blood fondue fountain. <laughs> God, JoJo heroes have so much blood in them. <laughs> they're, they're approximately 98% blood. Well, yeah, I it's think... just a bunch of skin coverage. Well, blood, blood. okay, yeah. you gotta you gotta keep in mind that, that blood, uh, blood in JoJo is like the representation of hit points. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, Araki, his idea of human anatomy is that we're all just human-shaped water balloons full of blood. There's no yeah, bones like... or organs in there, it's just all blood. Yeah. Well, there there are bones when it's useful for him to talk about some medical thing he heard about bones. Right. But sometimes until he has to, then, sometimes he has to talk about how someone is fighting, even though their ribs have punctured their lungs, just to sound cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so then Mista starts talking about how I underestimated him, and Gremlin Five starts being like, "I'll get everyone back," and Jordan's like, "No." Jordan's had no enough of this man's five. shit. Yeah. Yeah, so he runs after him, and Mista kind of secretly sends number five with his last bullet to back up Jorno. Yeah, because Mista knows that, like, Jorno is not going to be doing do it on his own. He, need, yeah. he needs help. So Jorno can sense life energy from inside the helicopter, so he knows the guy's in here. Um,. But he can't figure out where he is. So he grows, like, the tree mort so the branches explode through the helicopter. That doesn't work. Yeah, then he, he looks cla- inside and he sees some medical supplies. Right, he sees a bloody scalpel. He's like, what? What? It's like, where? why would this stuff be here? Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, he sees uh, Sex Pistol number one. And he's like, I can tell you what's going on. And he reaches to like, reaches for him. And then like half of Chocolata appears. Yeah. Uh, he says, useless, <laughs> punches him. And then we get this shot of Chocolata who has cut his own uh, torso as well as uh, left arm off and I think we see what's supposed to be like a severed iron pole or something sticking out of his arm which I'm guessing he was gonna intend on using as a as a weapon or no wait that's a bone yeah that's a bone yeah and we also see his spinal cord rip off yeah because when oh, he gosh, gets punched I... in the stomach he just stabs himself with a scalpel until his stomach comes off and he just crawls away with his spine wriggling around like a tail yeah, I forgot how much terrible. I don't like this. I hate this. And he, ex- <laughs> he explains that as a doctor, he knows which parts of his body he can cut off without killing himself. Yeah. Oh, really? That's Word? how doctors work, cool. you know? <laughs> I, okay, so in this part, I love when... <laughs> I would have thought the answer would be none of it. This is the most, like... Again, JoJo is just a, like well-realized version of a playground fight where you just make up powers as you go. It's just Axe Cop with a budget. Hey, Araki. Hey, why is his spinal cord wriggling around? Why is he using it like a tail? Why is he wagging it? He's also got... He's using, like, Green Day to, uh, like, fill the wounds with mold so they don't bleed. Yeah. And he can also use it to, like, mo- like make his limbs fly around? Sure, why not? Yeah, sure. And he, like, punches... <laughs> he, like, punches his fist into Giorno's torso. Yeah, and he makes... Uh, yeah, and since Giorno mm-hmm. starts going further down, mold starts to fo- form on Giorno's perfectly... I, I do like Chocolata as a... Yeah. <laughs> as a mirror of Giorno. <laughs> like, also someone that is not afraid to destroy yeah. their body. Um, also has a weird life powers. <laughs> That's true. Right, he's heals he's, himself yeah. by filling it up with weird goop. Weird, weird, yeah. Real mirror of our boy. <laughs> That's true. That's good. Uh, and he explains that you know there, you feel truly blessed when you see somebody else have to suffer despair like I'm seeing you. And it's great. I love it. I'm so happy right now as my bones are sticking out of my body. Yeah, that makes me feel truly blessed right now, is what he literally says. (laughs) And then he says, did you forget that both of my legs were still hiding? Both my legs were still hiding. Yeah, I just got to that part. Because Jorno tries to crawl up in back into the helicopter to save himself. Yeah. And then, like, his just severed legs just sort of pop up suddenly and kick Jorno in the face. Right. So Jorno is sent flying through the air above the streets of Rome. And Sex Pistol number five kicks the last bullet through Jorno's hand. And he has enough wherewithal to imbue it with life energy as it pierces his hand. And hits the helicopter and grows into another tree branch. Yeah, I love that. I love that scene. It was so dope yeah. that number five had the had, had the wherewithal to do that. It's a smart ass bullet, Gremlin. Well, it's a smart ass Jorno to like realize that he's being shot and can use it. 
I also really like the effect that happens as it goes through him, because, like, the normal bullet sort of light trail is yellow, and as it goes through him and he charges up with light, pa- light energy, light power, life powers. There you go. It becomes blue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he just fucking grows a tree out of it, out of his right. hand. And he starts running down the branch to get to Chocolata. Who has stitched his body parts back together? He makes a weird pose where he holds it all proud. <laughs> it reminds me a, a lot of how stitching works in. Um, gosh, what's that DS surgery game? Trauma, trauma center? center. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me a lot of Trauma Center. Where you just kind of do a zigzag pattern real fast, and it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Basically, <laughs> the, the the same game where you can activate your. Special surgery time slowdown powers by drawing a pentagram. Yeah, the yeah. world. <laughs> <laughs> Dio could have been an excellent doctor if he gave a shit. Yeah, but uh, Chocolata angles the helicopter down, which makes the branch rot. And Giorno is sent falling again, and he's going to mold up any second now. But that's just what he wanted him to do. Right. That's he he knew he would do that. <laughs> yeah, so he kicks a chunk of tree branch up as he falls out. And right. we know that this is where things are gonna about to break bad for the villain because it's where he starts his monologue about how he's about to totally win. Yeah. And Jorno as he's falling says, I don't understand anything you were saying earlier, because I don't feel blessed at all looking at your stupid face as you're dying. <laughs> Uh, and then the great the great part is is that like so as he's doing his monologue we get a shot of like the tree branch like um that he that Jorno kicked sort of going up uh past green days uh, basta chocolata's head as he finishes his monologue the tree branch hits a helicopter blade yeah. And then ricochets through Chocolata's head. Because it suddenly turns back into a bullet, apparently with all the momentum it had when it was a bullet. Yeah, so uh, I need—I just need to see, say Giorno's explanation of this word for word, because it's fucking wild. <laughs> the angle I calculated toward the helicopter's <laughs> propellers was perfect. Because it was alive, the branch was destroyed by the mold. However, the branch of the part that fell from its roots no longer holds life. Uh, it's just a piece of wood. Because you destroyed it, the branch returned to being a bullet. Uh-huh. By the way, all that bullshit about being blessed that you were yapping about, uh, I can't say I feel blessed at all even though I'm looking at you. Right. You this is like your someone in your D&D party had a real stupid idea, and it's like, no, this is dumb, but they rolled a 20, roll 20, so fuck, I guess, okay. <laughs> Gotta figure out how to deal with that. <laughs> so he gets shot through the head and collapses, like, hung upside down from the tree the helicopter is in. You know he's dead because he's got his tongue. Yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah, and because uh, the mold went away, so right. clearly... Clearly he's old. he's dead. Right. So the Sex Pistols, like, we gotta go collect the Sex Pistols and bring him back to Mistis so you can heal him. And Jorno's uh, just like, no, he's definitely faking. He only got shot in the head once. There's no way he's dead <laughs> yeah. from that. He didn't even get shot straight through the head. He got shot through the cheek. Right. 
So he starts talking to this clearly dead body and is like, listen, I can't breathe. My lungs are punctured. I'm going to die. But you're also super faking. I'm going to walk over there and, like, lethally wound you. And uh, if you don't move at all, well, that's good. No, I think he said, like, he's going to, like, he's going to go try and get his friends. And if right, he right, right. moves at all, he's going to regret it. That's right, yeah. He'll he'll leave him alone as long as he doesn't move. Uh, but, of course, Chocolata is, is a villain, so he's definitely not going to yeah. do that. And he right. is totally faking. And as he was falling, he severed his arms again or yeah. something. He should have been. Yeah, and he was using Jorno's uh, monologue to sneak his own arm up behind him. He should have been him. looking at my other arm, Jorno. Right. You idiot, you fool. Jorno's <laughs> like, I already knew you were going to do that. <laughs> so he tries to take Mr. Hostage, and Jorno's like, Yeah, well, tough luck, buddy. Because that bullet that turned back into a bullet, I turned it into a beetle, like a, a rhinoceros beetle, and it's eating your brain. It's still in your head. So I win times infinity. <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> this is like the most gruesome game of Calvin Ball ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like a rhinoceros beetle just eats its way out of his brain. Uh, yeah, it's bad to look at. <laughs> oh, yeah, but then... <laughs> but then to cap it off, he unloads with the yes. big... Uh, <laughs> yeah, the longest the muda, muda 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 in history. So yeah, this is a seven-page thing in the manga of just him punching this man. Oh yeah, and oh yeah, and there's also an oh yeah, yeah, he doesn't oh, yeah. Really in there. First time he brought the yeah, yeah, in Dio's catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he punches him for thirty seconds straight. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I remember. I think on. Uh, I think there was a Twitter post where the voice actor for Jorno posted the, like, took a picture of the page of the script yeah. for this scene. And just, like, a, the page is filled with a block of text of just the one word. Yeah. It's, it's, it was great. It's really good. Uh, uh, so yeah, he, he and punches then, him a million thousand times, and he goes flying and lands in a garbage truck. Yeah, specifically burnable trash pickup. Monday, yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. God, the music for the uh, the Jorno's like theme in this show is so good. It's really good. But I think what makes it like better for me than the the older ones is that it has like a lot of different movements, so they can have different parts of the song play at different like fights, and it's all still just oh yeah, I know that a cool thing's about to happen. Yeah. Because it can either be, um, like, the part with the chorus, yeah. or the part with the piano, or the part with the saxophone. They're all so very good. And it's yeah. all good. Jono! Golden wind! It's amazing. <laughs> uh, I also like that Mista immediately gets better from the millions of <laughs> yeah. holes that were presumably made in his body. Yeah. Well, that's the it's thing. It's like, oh, Mista's waking up. <laughs> well, see, yeah, well, see, that's the thing, is that, uh, <clears throat> you gotta remember that, uh, unless you're, at, unless you're at below zero hit points, you're, right. you're, 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 you're still good to go. Yeah, yeah they, just take a short rest and you heal all your HP. Exactly. D&D should go like anime rules, that uh, makes so much sense. It makes so much more sense if you think of yeah. HP like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So then all of a sudden they hear a phone ringing, and they see that Chocolata dropped his cell phone and someone's calling him. Yeah. What is up with villain subordinates and loving to get phone calls in this show? <laughs> yeah. I mean... That's like... this. It's, it's at least two people in this series now who are horny for cell phones. Yeah. Well, they were a new technology at the time. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but yeah, Seko is trying to call him, and he realizes that while he was trying to call him, he missed two calls from Chocolata, and uh, really just uh, horn. He's he is uh, he's real into Chocolata. He he does he does a lot of body movements. Yeah, he is like panting at the sound of his voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very excited about getting getting five sugar cubes. Yes. Uh, if, yeah, if only he can, uh, you know, defeat Bucciarati. Uh, and Chocolata tells him that he loves him. Because, uh, that's like three now, where it's pairs of shitty villains that this show makes canonically gay. Yeah, it's not great. Just, <laughs> just make Giorno and Bucciarati kiss, and then it's less terrible. Yeah, at least you got Stop making some every good gay character exclusively villainous. Like, the, in, this, in this case, not even just villains. Like, scum of the earth monsters. The worst of these yeah, villains. Yeah, it's real bad. Yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, we see uh, Bruno slinking in, sinking into the uh, ground slightly. Uh, Seko is about to attack him. And then we see, like a light flash from inside the Colosseum. We zoom in on right. the mysterious figure who's watching them in a wheelchair. Yep. And he's looking through binoculars. Mm-hmm. And gosh, that hair looks familiar. Oh, yeah, and those broken heart earrings. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, it's our old pal. <laughs> Fucking pulling around. <sighs> it's pulling around. Oh, of all the people to come back from Stardust Crusaders. Well, who else was left to come back? Like, it was him or Whole Horse. Yeah, like, honestly, I probably would have preferred Whole Horse. I mean, me too, but it would have made less sense. What does Whole Horse care? Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I would have just preferred that Jotaro come back, but... Yeah, but they did that already. They gotta do something different. True. He's not, listen, he's not as bad this time. He's mellowed out with age. Yeah, he's no longer having dogs fart on him or... He doesn't have time to have, like, funny bathroom adventures this time. Yeah. He fought a baby getting aroused. (laughs) This is, yeah, this is Polnareff fighting Vanilla Ice and not Polnareff fighting Alessi. Yeah. Uh, so we, uh, starting in episode 32, we just go straight into, uh, oh wait, there's another recap at the start. Right, okay, but yeah, on. they're, yeah, it's, it's, now we're on to Bucciarati versus Seko. Yeah. Who learns pretty quick that, uh, he realizes that the mold has gone away completely, and that that means that Chocolata got killed. And he instantly hates Chocolata now. Yeah, cause his whole thing is like, well, if Chocolata got killed by Giorno, that means, like, I only follow him because he was the strongest. Yeah. So if he got defeated, that means he's not the strongest, so actually he sucks now. 
Right. But I hate him. And I'm the cool guy, and I'm going to do all the cool stuff. Yeah, I'm the strongest now. Um, <laughs> even though all I have is mud powers. He, you know, he makes, he gets a lot out of that mud power. True, he does do, the, yeah, there's a lot you can do with mud, turns out. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of like, kind of like the, the I, whole idea behind Joda's Bizarre Adventure at this point is, it turns out you can do a whole lot of things with blank. Right. <laughs> Which only gets more crazy in epi- in uh, season six, uh, where you learn all everything you can do with weather. Oh boy, I can't wait for for Stone Ocean to get an anime. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Uh. Uh. But yeah, uh, Seko learns that they are trying to get to the Coliseum, and he takes off for it. So Bucciarati throws like a signpost at him, but he unzipped it. So he could, like, scissor him with the two sides of it when it re-zips. And it's a very cool move that doesn't work at all. Yeah. Yeah, Kaseko just, um, kicks the pillar that it's stuck in at Bucciarati that, and the zipper nearly decap- decapitates him instead. Right. And then Seko's like, hey, by the way, doesn't Coliseum sound like Coloseo, which means kill them in Japanese? Huh, Mr. Language Teacher? Like, like all right, okay. kind of, I guess, dude. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and then Bucciarati's like, "Oh, dang, man! I thought this guy sucked, but it turns I, out he doesn't." I'm with Bucciarati Bucci- Bucci- on this one. I was like, <laughs> "Wait, this guy's good now." <laughs> right? Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like at the end of the last episode, <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, well, Bruno will wrap it up in like ten minutes, and then I'll go do Paul Graf stuff." Right? Yeah, he's got this shit. <laughs> But no, this guy, this guy's got some mud powers, and he's gonna use them. Um, yeah, so he, uh, like Polnareff sort of retreats a bit, but uh, Seko notices like the yeah. the glint of his binoculars. Right. He's like, huh? There's someone else watching us. There's some guy in a wheelchair. Disabled. Yeah. Uh, and but, so, yeah. Bruccerati is currently holding a shard of glass that says Cappuccino Espresso. Well, yeah, you can't forget that this is Italy. Yeah. Uh, and before Seko can just punch through the glass and get him, Bruccerati zips into the ground. And Seko's like, what? That's my thing! Yeah, only I can go inside the ground. Hey! <laughs> also, he calls... I love this this uh, epitaph uh, epithet he uses for them. He says, "You and your piss stained zipper guy." Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure what about. Uh, why can't I remember what his Bruno stand name is anymore? Sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. I don't understand what about sticky fingers looks piss stained. Maybe he's like but... it's like it's like a it's like a fly on yeah. a pair of pants or something. Oh, I can kind of see that. I yeah. mean, that was the, right. that was I that am. was where the image of the zipper came from, <laughs> right? From a Rolling Stones okay. from a Rolling Stones album cover. Oh, okay, huh? Yeah. All right. Um. So the problem is, is that uh, under underground, uh, th- uh, like sound travels better. 
Right, because it's solid, and sound travels through solids good. Yeah, and so that means that underground, Seko's senses are heightened, so he can tell exactly where Bruno is and at what speed he's going. So now we just get a lot of Seko swimming through the ground and a lot of Bucciarati unzipping the ground. It's very abstract. I don't really know how you would draw this in a way that's more clear, but all kind of just gets a little vague. David Production does their best. They do their best. real hard times. From what I remember the manga, this is... Yeah, this is pretty much what the manga looked like, I think. It just... Yeah. Weird way for this to go. But, uh, Bucciarati, like, broke a water pipe to trick Seko into following that instead of him. Uh, and he almost gets to the Colosseum, and then all of a sudden, like, Bucciarati starts hearing a weird noise and then just gets his whole shit ruined. Yeah, so before sort of before he hears anything, like we see this scene of Seko ranting to himself oh, about right, yeah. how he's totally gonna get Bruno. Uh-huh. And then Seko just start <sighs> starts eating some mud. Just starts eating dirt and I don't like looking at it. Yeah, and there's the voice actor does a real good job of making it sound like he's still talking while he eats that mud. Yeah. Just uh, real close up is like his tongue slurping up the dirt in a way that I don't appreciate. Yeah, and then he spits the dirt into the air, like, really far into the air. Yeah. Uh, and that's where he cut to Bucciarati, and uh, we suddenly see him get impaled by mud spikes. Right, because it's not really mud, it's stone that he's made liquid, so when he throws it away from him, his stand stops affecting it, and it turns into, like, a rock-hard spike then drops through the ground that he's made liquid, and it's just like it's raining spikes on Bucciarati. Ah, which, uh, that's pretty creative. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, also like, we, get, we get a little backstory, and Seko talks about how he survived three gallows hangings? No, no he's not talking no, about himself. He's just oh, wait, no, like, sorry, not himself. Yeah. There's, like, just a random story he's telling. Right. He's like, hey, if you stay still, maybe you'll just luck out. Like that urban legend about that death row inmate that got hanged three times and lived. Yeah, because the gallows kept breaking. Right. It's like, it's a really specific example. Yeah. Have you not heard the tale of Blueford and <laughs> Blanky Blank? <laughs> Also, yeah. Bruno talks about how he can't stay underground forever because he's running out of breath. Right. So that's which I guess, yeah. Which I guess brings into more question the mechanics of the zipper world. I was going to say it brings into question more mechanics about how his zombie body works. Yeah. 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 Why does he even need does to he breathe? need air? That was what I was, uh, that's like, what I was wondering about. Wait a minute. He's he's already undead. Why does he need to breathe? Right. Yeah, because he if he doesn't have blood, the oxygen isn't being carried to his body anyway. Yeah, because you need blood for that. And then, meanwhile, Polnareff is watching all this, and he's like, "Oh man, Bucciarati is gonna die, and I'm gonna have to break this arrow. That's a shame. Oh well." Yeah, because like, so he's he's brought an arrow. Uh, and this is where this is where we get a, a really funny card for him that says J.P. Polnareff, 36 year old, years old, French. Yeah. <laughs> they gotta remind you he's French. 
Because <laughs> there is no way you'd guess that otherwise. Not sure right. why it matters. <laughs> also, he's got like a sick transparent eye patch. Yeah, he's got a weird transparent eye patch. And mecha legs that apparently don't work that well because he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. You'd think that the Speedwagon Foundation would give him robot legs that actually worked. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, if, like, if fucking a Nazi could turn himself into a cyborg, then clearly, like... That was, like, 60 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, clearly, like, technology exists that could do the same for an actual good guy. Right. Uh, Also, he grew his hair out. Grew his hair out a little bit. He, uh, his, like, brow doesn't fold up into a butt in the middle of his face anymore. Yeah. (laughs) He's matured. Yeah. You know, why is it, uh, why is it, like, that, like, these characters, like, when they're not actually fighting, they're so much cooler now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, cause, like, cause, like, when Polnareff was actually fighting, <laughs> he was a dumbass. And, right. But now he's, like, the older, wiser, now he's, like, the older, wiser guy who can't fight for shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Statesman Ten years is a long time. You know? Yeah. yeah, Jotaro becomes a marine biologist and a ter- terrible father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Butcherati makes a break for it to get to the Colosseum, and uh, Seko dives in to chase him. Uh, Bruno kind of tries to copy Seko's trick by like unzipping a light post and dropping it into the ground to hit him, but it doesn't work. Yeah, and so... Uh, so, like, uh, Seko starts to go even more, uh, absurd and starts just pulling in a bunch of stuff into the right. ground. And also now Bucciarati's body is starting to melt, because why not? Yeah. Yeah, he said, Seko says something about the further he takes Bruno underground, it'll start turning into mud, which I don't know why that would be the case, but... Yeah, yeah don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, he brings him and, like, a bunch of other stuff into the ground, including a car, which will prove important. (laughs) Yeah, uh uh-huh. Believe it or not. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That's what I love about JoJo. (laughs) It's like, you know, like the, like these, like, like absurd things that just, like, are just sort of there suddenly become relevant. Yeah. Yeah, so the next thing that happens is, so Jorn, uh, Bucciarati realizes that, oh right, I, because I'm dead, I haven't really been feeling pain. Right. Uh, I'm, all, all my senses are dulled. Uh, so what I'm gonna do to defeat this guy who can hear super well underground is I'm gonna make the loudest noise possible. Right, and he... Pops a tire and it's like a bomb goes off and I don't really understand why. I mean, to be fair, car tires are under a lot of pressure. I guess. I thought, is it something where, like, because they're underground by popping the tire, he created a vacuum and it, like, sucks the air out of... I think the idea is because sound is amplified underground, according to Giorno and Araki... Yeah, uh, the popping of the car tire makes a far, far, far louder noise. 
Maybe that's what to, it is. Yeah. To the to the point where it actually just straight up bursts Seko's eardrums. Because when it hits him, like you see, like air just like whoosh, out of his nose and ears. That's why I thought it was maybe an air pressure thing. Yeah, I, I don't think it's specifically air pressure. I think it just because Sek because Butcherati specifically talks about right. his own eardrums and how this probably won't affect him. Yeah. So I think it's clearly supposed to be just an extremely loud noise. So loud that, like, uh, Seko's eardrums immediately burst and blood just flows out of his ears. Right. Well, and, well yeah, because, yeah. Well, yeah, because what you what you're basically have is you have a, uh, you know, co- a, a huge amount of compressed air being released in a very small space. Right. So, okay, that sort of kind of scans... Yeah, I guess. I'll roll with yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's just sure. exaggerated for effect. Then we have this great scene that's kind of reminiscent of the end of part four. Where oh, yeah, Seiko immediately comes up from the ground to try and chase Bukarati, but he mistakes Bukarati's <laughs> footsteps for a car, and he immediately gets his leg run over. Yeah. And then he uh, kind of like scrambles onto the sidewalk. He doesn't understand how he mistook... Uh, what he was hearing. I don't think he understands that he's gone deaf. And as Bucciarati's approaching, he's like yelling at what he's guessing Bucciarati's monologuing about. Which is very funny. It's very good. Yeah. It's like, well, you're winning, so clearly you're saying a big speech to me. Yeah. Uh, so he decides to... get stuck on this backslide, and you're like, oh man, you're just... He's, he's in a bad way here. <laughs> yeah. So he decides to grab the first person that he sees and take them hostage. This is so good. I love this part. And, and it just so happens to be sweet, precious Doppio. <laughs> He's just uh, wearing like a baseball cap and looking at a map like a tourist. Yeah, it's great. But, like he drops his bag and it's just full of phone receivers, which is very funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, like, uh, Seko tries to force Dopio to hail a taxi, and Bruno just starts walking forward. Yeah. And, he, and Seko threatens to kill the child, who he does not know is the most powerful stand user. Right, the man that everyone here wants to kill. Yeah. So Bucciarati just punches through him to punch Seko. Yeah, I don't think Bruno knows that the exact nature of Dopio yet, right? No, he hasn't seen Dopio at all. Yeah, that that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Because the only person who who really saw Dopio was Abakio, and Abakio's hint didn't point toward Dopio, just Diavolo. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And then Seko looks down at where he got hit, and Bruno like zipped his hand to his chest. Yeah. And uh, Dopio kind of monologues about how, like, yeah, I, I didn't even need to use uh, Epitaph to know that Bucciarati wouldn't actually hurt a civilian. Uh, because instead of punching through him, he zipped open a hole in him to punch through to Seko. Yeah. And, uh, and while struggling with the zipper, Seko just wanders into the street and falls into the same garbage truck that Chocolata yeah, fell into. Yeah, he just throws himself into the trash. <laughs> Which I guess proves, proves Diavolo right. They were both trash. Yeah. So, yeah, now uh, Diavolo and Bucciarati are both just across the street from the Coliseum. 
Yeah, unfortunately, uh, things aren't going great for Bucciarati. Yeah, he's not doing well. Uh, he's pretty much exhausted the extent to which his body can uh, hold up. And uh, Doppio, like the episode ends with Doppio just looming over him, getting ready to punch his head off with King Crimson. Yeah, doing like the the traditional JoJo karate chop. Yeah, pose. like the karate chop, like the karate stab. Yeah, yeah, they don't really do chops in this. Instead of doing chops, they just yeah. stick fingers into you. Yep. <laughs> Dio started a trend. And yeah, that's <sighs> it's it's pulling into the station. This this arc's almost over. Also, there has to be a reason why the bad guy is named Dio Volo. Like, he's probably not literally Dio, but that's no, too much of a coincidence. Wait, did you not read what... It's Di... It's, it's Diavolo, like... Diavolo. Like Diablo. It's, like it's, the Italian version of Devil. Yes. Oh. He's not Dio Volo. Okay. Yes. Dustin, you've been watching this subtitle. You've seen it spelled out. Okay. <laughs> Buddy. Okay. <laughs> you see, you need you need to, the thing is okay. See, you need to go to more Italian restaurants. Then you would understand. Then you'd understand some of these words. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any Italian restaurant is gonna have diavolo as a menu. Uh, yes, yes, they are. Yeah, they do. It's a thing. It's like a it, sauce or something. I it's, think. Oh, yeah, really? it's, yes. It's the, what they have. There's actually an Italian dish which has Diavolo in it, which uh, signifies that it's really, really spicy. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Fra okay, Diavolo is a spicy sauce for pasta or seafood. It's what, oh, uh, okay. it's what the uh, very nice, it's what Tony Trendy made for Okuyasu to help him with his uh, diarrhea. Oh, <laughs> okay. We love those All callbacks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, yeah, this, this was a good series of episodes. Yeah, I like the Green Day fight a lot. I'm, I'm less thrilled about the Bucciarati Seco fight just because it's so, there's just a lot of them running through voids. Yeah, it wasn't really that interesting, unfortunately. Like, I, I get the idea. It's just a very hard thing to, like, visualize. Yeah, it's very upsetting, but, like, considering yeah. the physics of water, earth. That you can move through, and also right. the weird yeah. physics of his zipper world. Very strange. yeah, yeah. Also, like all the actually interesting stuff that uh, Bricciarati does with his stand, don't really aren't ever successful. Yeah, that's true. Like the like the the thing that he does succeed at is just like punching a car tire. Yeah, but all that and said, I really like the Chocolata Green Day stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh, good to see. Jorno get to do something cool again, <laughs> and and it's and the and it's and it's it's like the villain the villains in this sequence of episodes are like they hit the sweet spot for just like the right kind of hateable. They're thoroughly detestable. <laughs> <laughs> also, the part um, where Bruno's like, "I'm dying," and I got all sad. No, Bruno. Yeah, because yeah, I don't want to see Bruno go. <laughs> and right, and and having you know, and having like uh, you know, Giorno doing like thirty seconds of uh, muda 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 and uh, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's cathartic because oh, uh, because damn, 
Chocolata so needed to be punched. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, even even Dio doesn't get that long of an aura aura in no. Stardust Crusaders. Well, because he gets killed by one punch. Yeah. Uh, something my girlfriend pointed out that, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's interesting. It's not, you know, Green Day has, like, rules about, like, the altitude and stuff, so it's not the exact same. But it is, like, a stand that creates, like, poisonous clouds of, like, killer stuff. Oh, it's... yeah, I mentioned this yeah. while you were gone, because I, I oh, okay. remember yeah, yeah, who yeah. brought it up, but it seemed like Fugo, this is where Fugo was supposed to betray people. Yeah, it seems like maybe he would turn traitor and then show up here, and this would be, like, the big final fight before they get to the Coliseum. And then it was like, well, no, I don't, but Fugo's a, a sweet boy. I don't want to make him become a traitor. I'll come up with another guy that has a similar power and give him a weird pervert sub to help with. Yeah, I, I can I can totally see how that might be the case. Yeah, I don't know if that is or not, but it seems plausible. Yeah. yeah. Um, it would be interesting to have seen how that fight with Fugo was supposed to go. Yeah, yeah. Um... But yeah, I'm. We. It seems like we don't really have that much left, do we? We really don't. It's all kind of. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but I'm pretty sure like the final showdown starts next episode. Well, oh, they also. Nope. Well, okay. The thing is, is that our heroes need to get hit with that arrow so they can level up their stands. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, listen. It's it's a long showdown, but like. I'm pretty sure yeah. they are going. I mean, so was Part Four's showdown. Yeah, like, like the, I, I, the final battle with Kira lasted how long? Like six episodes. It depends on whether you count all the bites, the dust stuff. I guess. I I probably would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think six episodes is right. Yeah. Because I mean, it's it's all part of the same fight scene, essentially. Yeah, like I think, I think we're gonna see Diavolo next time, and like King Crimson is gonna be around doing King Crimson stuff. Nice. Can't yeah. wait. Yep. I, <laughs> Can't I, wait for more time fuckery. I think a silver chariot might show up at some point. Who knows? Who can say? Oh, I, yeah, I can't wait for silver chariot's incredible special ability of strong and precise stabbing. <laughs> yeah, that's all you really need to defeat King Crimson. It just, just stab good. Stands have gotten so much more complicated. <laughs> yeah, I remember the good old days where it's like, my stand makes fire. My stand is boat. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> My stand is gun, but like <laughs> magic. I guess uh, Death 13's a pretty crazy stand. I can't remember which one was that. That's the baby one that when you go to sleep, like a Grim Reaper that like weeps eyeballs comes at you. Oh yeah, sleep. baby stand! Yeah. That was a good one. Uh, fond memories of baby stand. Yeah, and then it's Stardust Crusaders, so of course the baby has to be force-fed its own shit at the end. Yeah, that was... For every good thing in Stardust Crusaders, there's gotta be an equal and opposite bathroom joke. Yeah, like, boat stand. That's a cool stand. Oh, yeah. the orangutan washed a child get naked. Yep. Good. Just perving on a child, because that's fine. <laughs> Ugh, Stardust Crusaders, uh... why you gotta be that way? Uh, at least we at least we'll always have Darby. At least we'll always have the Darby brothers. God bless them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vanilla Ice was pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, anyway, anyway, yeah, that'll do it for for this episode of JoJo's Bizarre Rewatch. Uh, we'll be back to cover the next two episodes, hopefully, un- t- unless other technical difficulties and ske- or scheduling problems happen, which who knows? Who knows? We'll <laughs> talk like about it at some it- point. Yeah, much like the show itself, uh, all our scheduling is Calvin Ball. Yep. Mm-hmm. You fool, I wanted you to miss this week. <laughs> yeah, that way we could talk about the entire fight all in one go. That <laughs> may actually end up happening. <laughs> God. Quick question, is it the same Coliseum that it start, is it part two that you have to fight in with the cars? No, because that's in, like, Sweden or something, or Switzerland. No. I totally forgot that that was in Switzerland, mostly because yeah. the the locations in Battle Tendency are highly vague yeah, when they at first, some point. When they first give Joseph the uh, the wedding rings, they tell him it's going to be in the Roman Colosseum, and then they decide, eh, actually, let's do this one in Switzerland instead. <laughs> that would have been a pretty good callback, though. Yeah, that would have been good. Shit. If only. Yeah. Do you think Araki will ever bring back cars? Uh, so there's a light novel. So you've you've read Stone Ocean. Yes. Are we okay to spoil the end of Stone Ocean or no? Should we not? I have some vague Probably. I'm vague I vague I sort of know vaguely what happens, but very people already spoil the end of Stone Ocean on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I guess we did. Like, okay, look, <laughs> spoiler warning: if you don't want to know the exact details of the end of Stone Ocean, stop listening now. It's not like we're going to talk about anything of value after this, anyway. All right. So the end of Stone Ocean. Uh, Father Pucci gains either Stairway to Heaven or Maiden Heaven, depending on what edition of the manga you read. Uh, and he accelerates time until the heat death of the universe, at which point the universe is reborn again. And he does, and then that happens again. Uh, there's a light novel that I think is trying to bridge the gap from that to Steel Ball Run, because it would be nice if that was like a handshake. It was like, oh, this is a reboot, so of course it takes place after the universe got rebooted, but it doesn't really make sense. And I have not read this light novel, so I might be getting details wrong. But my understanding is that um, that process happens 27 more times. And the thing That's is... That's a lot more times than Stone Ocean implies. Yes. Well, like, after Stone Ocean, it happens 27 more times. And the thing Wait, is... what? Yeah. Yeah, because it's part of the story of that novel. It's got a whole new Jojo in it, whose name I don't remember. Um, but Cars is a perfect being who can never die. So he survives through the heat, death, and rebirth of the universe. Hell yeah. But then, because time started over, because time started over, Cars gets bored again, and the events of Battle Tendency play out again. So So, there's just like 27 cars up there in the the space? The climax of that light novel is that Jojo fighting 27 cars on the moon. Holy shit. I need to read it. It sounds really good. David Production animate that yesterday. Right? Well, yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. It, it wouldn't make any sense uh, unless you do it after they do Stone Ocean, though. Well, yeah, right. but yeah, still. Yeah. That's amazing. Let's see, I think that one is called... this. I think it's... Uh, I don't know if this is supposed to be George Joestar or Jorge Joestar. It's J-O-R-G-E Joestar. Oh, Jorge. I imagine that has to be Jorge Joestar. That's what I would think, yeah. 
Oh yeah, I've actually I've seen I've seen uh, links to that on novel aggregator sites. At some point, we're just gonna get a JoJo of every single nationality. Okay, so he's this is a version of uh, Joseph's dad, who like got killed like a chump in uh, Battle Tendency, like in the flashback. Oh right, yeah, he was uh, he was like a a World War One fighter pilot, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Lisa Lisa was the actual cool one. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's... Oh, wait. Okay, so there's two stories in it. That's one of them. And then in another story, Kid Detective Joji Joestar sets out on a bizarre quest to solve a murder in Morio, which slowly turns into a universe-hopping adventure after the island begins moving on its own. What? <laughs> this, is, this is a good universe for side stories. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool, actually. <laughs> see, I'm looking up Joji Joestar to see if I have the details of his whole thing right. <laughs> it's like goji berries. <laughs> but a person. Yeah, I don't know. This is this is too long for me to read through. It's like a yeah, synopsis of the whole thing. I mean, really, it peaked at 27 cars on the moon. <laughs> and that part I am pretty sure about. That's pretty good. Even though I'm not sure how 27 more universe resets could happen, I guess I, I guess it just means like after that happens in at normal speed. Yeah, and so just fair, like, like ludicrously far in the future. Yeah, and to be fair, that's the part I'm less sure about. If it's directly related to Made in Heaven, if it's like someone else does all the convoluted bullshit to turn their stand into that. Yeah, because, like, maybe I just interpreted the ending of Stone Ocean wrong, which is possible, because that that shit gets weird. Right. But it kind of seemed like Made in Heaven only did one universe reset. Oh, no, it does two, because the it does the first one, and then everything resets, and they get to the prison, and, like, Poochie and the, the kid are the only two that remember what happened, and then uh, Emporio kills Poochie, and in doing so, resets the universe again so that Poochie also never existed. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's what caused the second one. Okay, I, I, didn't, I didn't interpret that correctly <laughs> here's, then. Here's notable events. Oh, okay. Notable events from this novel. Uh, let's see. With the information in mind, the following scenarios also take place. The 36 cars living on Mars are presumably the 36 souls of sinners that Dio required for his plan to reach heaven. Excuse me? The Dio of Part 3 was not the real Dio Brando, but rather Giorno Giovanna with a part of Dio's soul inside his body. Excuse me? Phantom Blood Dio Brando becomes the ultimate life form, gaining the stand The Passion, which resembles Jesus Christ. The Passion has the ability to view the complete future of all the Joestar bloodline. The corpse parts of Steel Ball Run are of his or another Dio's corpse, which Jonathan Joestar soon combines with after being resurrected and also gains the passion. So this is just like a huge retcon of like all the yeah, parts that came before? Yeah, this is some Star Wars EU shit. Morio and Passione's island headquarters will suddenly sprout legs from their foundations and split from the mainland, walking the earth. 
<laughs> they eventually encounter one another, which is how the heroes are able to meet one another. Later, we learn the same has happened to England and Manhattan Island. Fucking what sick. the fuck? I love it. One version of Giorno Giovanna is now host to Diavolo as an alternate personality, as that Diavolo was a renegade stand in similar vein to Anubis. As a result, the Doppio from <laughs> yeah, that, that universe sense. became a separate entity with his own stand, one capable of transforming objects into telephones. Which, according to <laughs> pictures, is no different from what the original Doppio did to record, uh, communicate with Diavolo. It's unknown if he remained Passione's underboss in that universe or he was replaced by the Diavolo-possessed Giorno. Out of the 36 Diavolos, only two <laughs> seem to survive. The above Diavolo and the original Diavolo, who continues to die from... Well, I don't wanna... Uh, he Spoiler, he dies at the end of uh, this, but I... I'll, it's, it says he continues to die the way that he died canonically. Okay, yes, yeah, so you don't want to spoil how that happens. Yeah, I supposedly others exist, but due to King Crimson, only the Diavolos that never split from Dopio suffer, you know, the end of uh, part five. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Everything I just read is... The Dio in part three, Stardust Crusaders, is the spirit of Giorno? It's Giorno possessed by Dio. The fuck? <laughs> I need to read this book. Man, that that stuff gets wild. Yeah. Okay, so the bad guy in part seven is called Funny Valentine, and I'm seeing that there are two characters in this book called Funnier Valentine and The Funniest Valentine. <laughs> Alright, sure. <laughs> I need to read this. Yeah, apparently. That is some God. that is some next level shit. Yeah, I just oh, finished Stone dude. Ocean, so I need to start reading Steel Ball Run. You really do. It's so good. I love that I'm probably going to finish the next two arcs before I watch the ending of this current arc. That's entirely <laughs> be possible. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm already watching it, so I don't want to bother like reading the manga. I want to keep yeah, myself yeah, unspoiled yeah. for this, but right. I, I couldn't resist reading all of Stone Ocean. Yep. Anyway, uh, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, I guess I apologize for what just happened if you kept reading, it, listening, whatever. We warned you. Yeah. Um, but also now you know about the cars on Mars. Cars on Mars. <laughs> 36 cars on Mars. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything else to say. Oh, gosh. Yeah, what uh, what you... is there to say after learning about the fact that Morio grows legs and roams the earth. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can like follow me on Twitter at, at StillsTheGM. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DeathSlinky. You can follow me on Twitter at SeriousTiberius. You can follow me on Twitter at SSJSpeedRacer. And remember, folks, stay horny.